always makes me it makes me feel kind of bad but in a way that makes me feel uh more at ease what the f- is going on down there Hello, everyone. Welcome to Mid-October. It's episode 429 of WTF at TFW. Uh, I am your current host, Vangelist, from TFW2005.com slash boards. I'm joined by Seth Buzzard. Hello. Welcome. Hi. Uh, it is uh, Sunday. Uh, I just got back from seeing Shin Godzilla uh, the second time. It's a very good film. It's uh, the only problem I have with it. It doesn't have anything to do with the film. It has to do with, like, this film is a limited screening film, right? Like those Evangelion movies. Uh, Young Dundas Theater gets the film. And, like, I see I see movies now and then. Every time I try to see a movie, it's always, at that theater, it's like, well, there's assigned seating, and you have a VIP option. This, this import film, quite an event, you know, it's running for a week. They're like, yeah, it's uh, non-assigned general admission seating in one of the crappy theaters. And it's like, come on. Like just put put it. Who do I pay to put this in the VIP theater so I can have an armchair and a, and a nicer screen, please? Uh, regardless of that, it was pretty good. I hope if uh, if you're out there listening, you got to catch it in theaters because there's uh there's there's a boon to seeing some of that film on a big screen. Uh, but now I'm going to talk about Transformers with Seth. Seth, how's Hi. how's your weekend been going? Uh, it's all right. Been slow. A lot of hanging around, being lazy today. Yeah. That's what that's what one might argue a Sunday is for. <clears throat> Sam feeling bad for not doing anything. <laughs> I'm saying not saying I'm arguing that. Uh, I've I'm not arguing for it. I just spend a lot of Sundays doing nothing and then feeling terrible afterwards. Yeah. Well, sometimes if you're too lazy, you feel awful. Yep. Because there's just something about sitting around on the couch all day. Um, I kind of feel bad. I didn't work on learning game maker studio more uh because i haven't had time during the week lately i'll, I'll and, give uh, you i'll give you your positive spin this was your re, this was your charge up weekend this was you getting uh, your brain malleable and ready you're warmed up now okay we'll go with that yeah you, you thought thoughts today so yeah. that's that's getting the, the battleground ready i played a lot of overwatch trying to get the uh the halloween skins and and stuff I've also heard Overwatch is just generally dangerous for when you want to get things done. Well, when there's these limited edition skins, so it's a race to get as many as I can before they go away. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've, uh, like, I'm going to start playing Overwatch, but, like, every time one of these happens, when it would happen with the Olympics, now it's happening with Halloween, it, like, almost has the opposite effect on me since I haven't cracked the game open past, like, touching it. Because I'm like, I don't want to get invested when there's so much to do in a limited time. Because then I'm gonna, I'm gonna ne- never do anything else until this is over, and then I'm gonna feel awful. <laughs> well, if you start now, you'll fly through like the first ten to twenty levels, and you'll get a lot of loot boxes real fast. This is true. And right mm. now, you're guaranteed to get at least one Halloween thing per loot box. Mm. Okay, that's a good case. And there's some skins that I think you would really enjoy. How long is the Halloween thing running till? Are they, are they closing November it? November 1st. Oh, okay, okay. All right. All right. Okay. Start tonight. I got I got a thing. Show's canceled. All right. You got to go play over. Thanks for listening everybody. <laughs> I'm going to go hone my Reaper. Uh Oh yeah, Reaper has a jack-o'-lantern head. 
I saw I saw Reaper kicks a coffin open. Yes. Him and Genji are the only ones that get uh highlight intros. Genji has a pumpkin balance on the end of his sword, then he flips it up and goes and it's a jack-o'-lantern. Oh. Genji Genji's pretty cool. Um Seth, we're uh, we're we're coming into a nice uh kind of drifty week of Transformers news. Got some masterpiece stuff to talk about. We got our very first uh, Masterpiece Transformers Designer Desk video with uh, John Warden talking about Masterpiece Bumblebee, and he uh, he had Shogo Hasui pop in for a little token appearance where he kind of just said, hi, I'm Shogo Hasui. I liked designing Masterpiece Bumblebee. And then John Warden was like, thanks, Hasui-san. Yeah. Uh, well, he, well, he was more like, he's very small, and it was challenging because yeah. he's small. <laughs> It's, uh, it was clear that, like, you know, from the banner behind him to the desk he was sitting at, like, Shogo Hasui, they set up a bit, they put a backdrop behind him and shot that super quick. And then they masked that by having it look like it was coming in. There's a transmission on Teletran 1. Uh, the virtual set John Warden was on, I thought it was actually kind of cool. Like, that's that's a new thing for Designer Desk. And um, Desi- Designer Desk is still very much a, pro- a PR promo video. You can tell there's very specific language used. It, it's It's very much... 40 to 60 percent in advertisement but it, they're still taking their baby steps forward there was only one yeah. real big problem with this but i'm i'm gonna save that for a sec uh seth you just checked the video out how'd you feel about it it definitely felt like a commercial mm. um so you know it was fine i mean i don't feel like i really learned anything from it it was just kind of like a promotional video mm-hmm. like hey go to toys r us and spend a lot of money to buy this thing, <laughs> especially in Canada, uh, where the thing I think comes out comes out to something like ninety five U S dollars right now. It's not what you should pay for Masterpiece Bumblebee. Um, yeah, like uh, this has been the thing with designer desk videos. They're 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 establishing a connection between the purchaser and the designer that like some years ago would never even be shown past like a convention panel. So I'll say it again: it's baby steps. Uh, the combiner uh, videos that they did for the for the combiner gift sets actually were an even better step forward where they they got to talk uh, at what I would call at length for one of these videos about design process stuff like with the G2 Bruticus showing clips of that commercial with the rap song and saying how they tried to match a lot of the hues etc um, I had this big problem with this one though uh, not as big a problem as apparently a lot of other people did because I'm not mad about it but uh, they had some masterpiece. Bumblebee's packaging has a mistransformation where the hood of the car is hanging hanging down in front of Masterpiece Bumblebee's crotch. Uh, the the Bumblebee on the desk in front of John Warden was mistransformed, just like on the packaging, because uh, clearly some you know package photographer just had, had transformed it. Then John Warden came into the room. Uh, the best part of the video is when he's showing the transformation. He then stores the hood where it's supposed to go, and for a split second shot in the video, Masterpiece Bumblebee is actually properly transformed. Um, I thought it was kind of cute, but it, <laughs> it also was... Some folks got pretty mad about it, because it's easy to look at one of these videos and assume John Warden was the one who transformed the toy, and like, how the hell does the Hasbro designer not even know how to transform the Masterpiece toy, etc. Like, dude walked in a room, and that's what was sitting there, and these are still Halfway's commercials. But it was kind of funny. Also, John Warden saying that the exosuit is Spike uh, started some debate because it's been debatable since the toy came out exactly who's in that exosuit because the yeah. the head sculpt's kind of mushy. Um, 
I think when you look close, if you really look close, I can't really fault people who say Daniel, mm-hmm. but I I just want it to be Spike. It just makes more sense <laughs> if it's Spike. Because, yeah. uh, I, I mean, I would, my, 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 like, definitive dropping the hammer on that thing is, like, it's both of them. It has both their haircuts kind of mushed together, and it's got no face. And the scale of the exosuit is bigger than any other minifigure that's come with a masterpiece toy. So just, it's whoever you want it to be. That's that's about that. Um, but yeah, I, I like seeing designer desk videos, even though they are pretty thin still. It's cool to see uh, a main designer guy working on the brand now becoming a face of the brand as well. Uh, it's it's kind of like the next step up from what the con- the convention panels uh, started back in the 2000s. Um, and I, I'm also I'm probably never going to buy that American masterpiece Bumblebee because screw that price. Yeah, I have no need for it. I already have a Bumblebee. Yeah, any, anyone who bought the Japanese <laughs> one probably paid less than they would for the, the uh, North American one. Um. Yeah, man, the way people are, are responding to that crotch, it's, it's pretty rough. <laughs> there's, there's, uh, there's one post citing it as, these arrogant bastards. <laughs> and then uh, someone else uh, positing that Hasui-san probably thinks American fans are idiots. Um, poor video producers, they're probably going to get a, a, a very small earful about that from somebody. Uh, I'm guessing he doesn't really think too much about it. No, I'm sure he's not worried about it at all. I yeah, I don't think John Warden is <clears throat> going to be the one calling up the video producers. I just well, figured, or Hasui. I don't think oh. he's like he's like, oh, watch that video the Americans made. What a bunch of dum dums. I doubt. I doubt Hasui. I bet will. American fans are just as, if not dumber. <laughs> I doubt Hasui will even watch the vi- like. I don't even know if he knows he was filming for that video when he filmed the bit where he was talking. <laughs> He doesn't even know they were filming him. Yeah, they were just like, hey, Sue, what, what do you think about Masterpiece Bumblebees? Well, I, you know, I... Are you wearing a wire? <laughs> no. We're just asking you quiet. Just, I was curious. Is this, is, this for, is this some kind of plot? Is this big video? Are you wearing Google Glass? Are you filming me? <laughs> um, no, of course not. I've got I've got slightly more interesting Masterpiece news for us as well. Oh, uh, we got final, uh, like promo pictures, packaging done, everything done, photos for Masterpiece Optimus Primal, who's coming out at the end of this month. Uh, so the box is is kind of cool because it's throwing a Beast Wars twist onto the usual Masterpiece style. Uh, there's a Beast Wars 20th anniversary logo that I don't think we ever actually got to see in North America. And uh, the finished figure, I think, looks pretty sharp. Uh, it's cool to see some close-ups on how that painted fur texture actually looks. Uh, some of the mechanisms seem pretty neat. There's LEDs in the in the robot eyes, a bunch of different faces. Looks like a cool toy. I'm looking forward to the thing coming out. Uh, Seth, how do you feel about the final images of uh, Masterpiece Beast Convoy? Well, it's very impressive and still just not up my alley. Hmm. Like and it's not because I think there's anything wrong with it. It's just I'm not that excited about Beast Wars in general. Yeah, I really like in in a robot mode the piston shins. 
it oh, just, yeah, yeah. it makes it look less like he just has gorilla legs below his knees. Like that that was one of the best parts of like way back the original Gorilla Optimus toy was like the kind of like he had he didn't have full on angular pistons like that, but he had like those sort of piston hinges that would fold out when you fold the foot down. Uh-huh. Uh but yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a nice detail. Um I really like the shot near the end of, of the TFW front page, at least, where they're showing how the gorilla shoulders can, like, sort of dislodge and fold forward even more if you want to have his arms, like, like kind of, I guess, butterflying forward even farther. Uh-huh. Um, and that, that beast sculpt, like, you know, all things considered, it, you know, it's, it's been one of the most debated things about how, you know, the gorilla mode is going to be broken up looking no matter what you do. Uh, seeing the final pictures with all those seam lines, I think it looks pretty good for a gorilla that actually has to split apart, you know? Like, it obviously transforms, but I feel like they yeah. did a pretty decent job. I mean, there's only so much you could do, right? Yeah. Like, that's the joke, right? Back when the first pictures came out, and it's like, you're waiting for the fan who's like, why haven't they invented self-separating, self-repairing rubber <laughs> skin to put on on top of the toy already? <laughs> Because if they had invented that, we probably would have heard about it in, like, prosthetic limbs or something first. Yeah. I mean, Some I, medical application. I'd have that stuff just wrapped around me so I could walk through razor blades and not feel anything. Maybe that's a bad thing. I don't know. Razor blades are the only way I feel anything. <laughs> Why? I don't need... That defeats the purpose. I want to take it away from myself. Uh... Did I tell a story about how I cut my leg at work with a razor blade? I t- when was that? Uh, a couple weeks ago. No, you haven't. Yeah, just knife myself right across the shin, and no. So there's no meat there; it's just skin and bone. Mm-hmm. So I was just dumping blood, and just grabbed a fistful of paper towels and a tape gun, and just tape paper towels to my leg. God. <laughs> yeah, it was fun. I'm I'm waiting for you to say, and then I took a staple gun and just sealed the wound. No, I was looking for crazy glue, though. God. <laughs> God. I got through it. It bled a lot. It really soaked into my sock, and then I had to work the rest of the day uh, with, blood, with blood sock. <laughs> I hate getting blood sock. Like the worst. It wasn't that long of a cut, but it was it was deep. No, like you cut you cut you cut the right part of your leg, and it's like, yeah. hey, I'm I'm juiced. All right, here we go. Yep. Wearing the crimson stocking, as they say. That's right, wearing the crimson sock. <laughs> Hard way. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, Masterpiece Primal does not bleed. We do not have the technology for bleeding Beast Transformers yet. Uh, but he is out. It's, I saw someone saying they can't wait for October 29th, so I'm guessing that's when this figure is actually coming out. Uh, it's always It's always rough on the month of an import toy coming out. When I sit there going like, wait, I kind of would like to know specifically what date it's coming out. Like, is it front of the month or back of the month? And it's like, no one actually pays, not not that no one pays attention. Very few people seem to have that answer until the very last minute. Because it seems like that info just doesn't come out very fast. Yeah, and I guess all the the faces make up for it. Because what, you have five faces. Yeah. But I'm kind of surprised he doesn't come with some like really obscure accessory thing. Like, something that only existed in one episode, or, like, what do they call it, like, status lock? Like, they would have to transform oh, periodically. Stasis lock. stasis lock, like, some stasis lock effect parts or something. Yeah, yeah. Like, that 
That would be kind of cool. You, you can sort of BS that if you get like the, the Bandai blue lightning effects, I guess. Uh-huh. Just like wrap them around him. You know, you know what would have been a cool obscure accessory? This would have been like super obscure too. Uh, <laughs> An entire two scale Optimus Prime. Yeah, just a <laughs> friggin' gigantic Optimus Prime statue the size of me. Just like lying down his head a little crooked. No, no, a banana. Um, in in because you know he never had a banana in Beast Wars unless I'm forgetting something. But in the Beast Wars dub, which was a lot more comedic and for like tinier children, they they gave Optimus this like whole banana thing. That was all like it was verbal only because it was a thing added for the dub. And like, yeah, what if, what if they gave him a banana as like a weird nod to that really, really dumb dub that they did? Well, you could say that it is very accurate to the Japanese version and that it doesn't come with a banana. I know, but like this would be his payoff. Twenty years later, he finally gets the banana. And he tries wow. it and he's like, Oh, this actually tastes terrible. I'm a robot. Why did I eat that? <laughs> Um, but yeah, this guy's out soon, and I believe Cheetor is coming out before the end of the year, so, uh, looking forward to those. Uh, Seth, we also had, uh, as of last week, a big drop of news from New York Comic Convention. Um, Hasbro previewed a bunch of upcoming Titans Return stuff. I wanted to give you a crack at, uh, at bringing up some stuff from there you might, might have found interesting uh, on your part. Well, um, Broadside is pretty interesting looking. That guy. With the little airplanes on his flight deck. Yeah. Like, that's a detail I wouldn't uh, would not have expected. Yeah, it seems like uh, g- going by that room display they had, like, those are going to be on a little sprue and everything. Neat. And they are. I'm, uh, I'm surprised they're not, like, out of the box glued on or something yeah uh, i think there's a whole bunch of little holes you can see on the deck where uh where they can oh, pop different in. places you can pop them yeah and uh, and it's, it seems like they are just very like downscaled copies of the combiner wars aerial bots so this it, it's part of the fun of, of i guess having a laugh at the whole scale discussion for broadside yeah. and complete lack thereof in general for transformers I mean, did you see the shot of where his Titan Master can sit in place of the bridge? Um, no, I'm not seeing it. It's from the stock images. Um, it's it's like another step in that direction of like, all right, his headmaster, when seated there, oh, is a giant looming over the actual aerial butts, just jammed into the superstructure. Yep, just taking a poop. <laughs> Um, yeah, so that one is cool. No, the pictures I'm looking at are all, like, show floor pictures. Oh, yeah, this is the the second link, is the official images they sent out afterwards. Uh, So it's, it's like, the CAD models and things. It's it's a way to also get a look at Broadside's jet mode. Okay, there it is. Um, yeah, Perceptor looks like uh, he's got some interesting stuff going on. Mm -hmm. Um, I... Really like that you just lay his Titan Master down to be inspected. <laughs> <laughs> like, do you drive it? Do you turn into a gun? No, I just lay here. I just lie here and I, and I look at myself. I always, I always record it and then I watch it later. Like a, zoom on in. It's sleep monitoring, you know. Take take a look. Um, yeah. Then, uh, what's the name? 
Is it uh Yo. The the black guy jet yeah. tank. Uh Sky Shadow. Sky Shadow. I was trying to scroll up and down. So is this basically a retool of the Megatron or is this Oh no, this is uh different? this is what looks like the retool of the Overlord we haven't seen yet. Oh, okay. Um because yeah. he's he's a leader size. So Oh, uh, that's right. Okay. Um yeah, trying to scroll up and down to double check details or get me in trouble here. Yeah, but I like that there's cockpits in both vehicle modes. Yeah. And they're they're in the right spots too. It's not like any weird stuff. Yeah. Ooh, weird stuff. You know? Like he's not he's not crawling underneath the tank and just like gripping onto the underside. Yeah, Brawl has potential to be a fun little guy. Um, it's neat that, like, it's neat that they're doing some of these, like, weirder characters, like Repugnance, uh, Repugnus and Twinferno. Yeah. And, uh, they're going some deep cuts on this, which is, uh, always appreciated. A lot of, a lot of 1987, 1988 stuff, too. Like, that, that very specific kind of era. Yeah. Um, like, the Headmaster and, like, Gimmick Team era gimmick team yeah like the, the monster bots where they all just they shot sparks that's the deal and yeah, then what's this uh autobot petro oh yeah that's another one of the that's a, basically swoop as a titan master uh so he's i think in the same oh, way of his repugnance okay. i had the wrong name then the uh oh they're, they're calling him taro because they don't have swoop so his name is Patero because he turns into a Pterodon. Okay. And G2 Optimus, I think, is what they're calling it. Yeah, the, the Voyager Optimus. Uh, yeah. I don't know about this one. I don't He's... know if it's like unfinished. The cab of the truck looks unfinished. Is... The jet mode looks like something out of Thunderbirds. The cab of the truck is probably just like running into a budget. Um as yeah. far as like paint. Cause yeah, like there's a lot of details there that are just like red plastic. Yeah, and it's just red plastic. Like there isn't like anything to like break up the hood or the windshields. It's I don't know, that one looks kinda he's, he's got blue on the front windshields, I think. Okay, the angle of this shot that I'm looking at, you can't see the front windshield. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's like 116, 117 are the images that I'm looking at. And okay. one, of, one of them you can kind of see. Um, the jet mode, I was saying last week, like, I'm not going to defend it, but I kind of like it. Like, it's, it's just... Yeah, I kind of like it because, it like, I didn't say it's kind of Thunderbirds as, like, a diss, really. It's Yeah. It's kind of neat th- that way. It's just they're re. It, it very much seems like they're repurposing an octane mold. Yeah, well, I mean that he totally is is this weird tanker truck and a weird jet. That Megatron is like also like <laughs> that's probably going to be Blitzwing. Yeah. Um, but the Optimus and Megatron versions, I got a feeling, are probably not going to be like like with 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 Astrotrain, like the one that they did off of Sentinel Prime. With, like, the hypothetical Octane and Blitzwing, I'm thinking, yeah, you know, wait to see what the Japanese versions will be like when they have more of a paint budget. But if you think the idea of the Optimus and Megatron are kind of neat, like I do, 
I got a feeling those probably won't come out in Japan as Optimus and Megatron like anytime soon. Mm-hmm. Um, they seem to be kind of tunnel vision focused on a certain thing right now. So I, I if you if you, I, I would say if you're listening and you're kind of interested in those, those are ones where I would say don't wait for the Japanese version because uh, it's probably not going to come soon enough for you to care. Um, I'm sure that in Japan they're going to have like a, a R.I.D. Scourge version because you know it's a G2 Optimus. It's what you do. When you have an Optimus with square shoulders to paint them black and teal. Yeah. And I'm kind of just throwing stuff out at random, but Kickback looks cool. Mm -hmm. Um, Like pretty much all the little guys they're showing here look cool. Um, Six Shot looks like it could be a lot of fun. Yeah. Did you you hear, you know how Six Shot has that submarine mode? Uh, Yeah. Uh, so apparently someone on the show floor walked up to John Warden and went like, Hey, John Warden, would you like to, to hold that submarine upside down for me? And John <laughs> Warden said, I, uh, I, he, he apparently pointedly refused to hold the submarine <laughs> upside down. He said, no, I will not hold the submarine upside down. Sorry. To which I would then say, you know, what kind of idiot holds a submarine upside down? Of course, he's not going to hold it upside down. No, he knows what's up. Who holds submarines upside down? Dummies. That's who. Because you can't make me do it. I mean, like, would you hold a boat? I know what you're trying to get me to do. Would you hold a boat upside down? No, because then it's a, it's a stupid boat, because it's not going to float. It's upside down. Well, boats are very large and heavy. You wouldn't hold it upside down. Well, submarines are large and heavy. Well, not toy ones. And they have a periscope. Why would you have the periscope point downwards? And then it's it's looking at nothing. Is that what just like the wolf-like head sticking straight up in between the wings is supposed to be? It's a, it's the a periscope. Space, it's a space periscope. <laughs> yeah, it's like the Brit. Why would you oh, want space? Oh, it's a space submarine. Let, let's right, imagine, okay. right? The submarine's in the water in space. And it turns upside down all of a sudden. Everyone in the bridge looks stupid because they're all like falling out of their chair and like landing on the ceiling. And they're like, "Who, who turned but the submarine in, upside down? What idiot but just in did space, that?" It shouldn't matter. It's artificial gravity. I mean, on well, the submarine, artificial really. gravity is going to stick you to the floor regardless of your orientation. Well, yeah. I mean, when you're in space water, it's different. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I got a whole theory about space water. I'll tell you about it sometime. Okay, great. It's, it's proof that can't wait. It's proof that the galaxy's flat. I can't argue with the flat galaxy theory. It just makes sense. <laughs> That's right. It's logical. Like whenever they on those like science shows, whenever they're like, "This is an illustration of how gravity works." We got this rubber sheet. We put a bowling ball on it. See how it dips in? That's because it's flat. Universe is flat. Otherwise, yeah. a bowling ball on a sheet of rubber wouldn't represent gravity. Yeah. Like, are you going to argue with scientists all of a sudden? Like, why would you do that? <clears throat> Don't turn submarines upside down. What I'm trying to say. Uh, anything else from uh, the New York Comic Con stuff that, that caught your eye? Um, let me click one of these other links and just scroll real fast. I think there's different stuff in here. Though, well, this looks like it's from the panel, so I don't know if you want to talk about that separately. Oh, can throw it all in together with uh, okay. with the general talk. Triptychon's leg is really tall. Yeah. It's it's real big. Oh, Seth, you. So I'm guessing you didn't get a chance to see the live stream that that stuff. No, comes I from. wasn't able to. God, yeah, they uh, they had. So the guy on the at the top of the page, see that guy on the left who's sitting on the single couch, 
kind of the host. The chair? Yeah, the single couch. <laughs> <laughs> the one person couch. What what we non Canadians call a chair. Yeah, what you friggin' upside down submarine holders would call a chair. Uh so that guy, they had they had half an hour to do the stream. And they had like a big box of toys behind behind the, the three person catch and the one person catch. And the guy on the left just kept stalling for time to talk about how he remembers the Transformers all the time. And it was it was uh Remember like, Transformers? Oh, I remember. It was, I wouldn't say it was painful to watch, because I mean it kinda was, but it became fascinating. But like that Triptychon leg comes out, right? It's uh-huh. like friggin' it's the friggin' leg of the next gigantic transformer. It gets like about a minute, and then the host the host barely reacts to it, and then just starts talking about how he remembers having uh, I can't remember what toy it was, but like some completely no no Soundwave. His reaction to the Triptychon leg was something like, "You guys remember Soundwave?" I remember. And then the Hasbro guys remember like Megatron being oh, yeah, super. Megatron. Being super friendly, the Hasbro guys were like, "Yeah, and we, you know, we we just released a new Soundwave. Rec- he's he's coming out right now. He's got a, a, a Titan Master." And then the guys like, "Oh man, Soundwave had tapes though," and it became one of those conversations for a couple minutes. And I was like, "Oh, this is amazing!" Like the Hasbro guys are are they have a they have a they have an agenda of we want to talk about these new toys, and then they have a host who just wants to talk about nostalgia. And it was like the two forces budding together constantly. Um, and then I that, wonder if Hasbro PR had a talk with the uh, New York Comic Con organizers. <laughs> Next year, can you get us somebody to moderate that knows something that we're up to, or will at least play ball with our marketing message? <laughs> like the, another marketing thing was they had the the first piece of Transformers Five merchandise is the new voice change helmet. And they spent yeah. a bit of time on that because the guy was all freaking out, going like, "I remember Optimus Prime," and like putting the helmet on, and that took up like like a solid ten minutes. But the the two the two Hasbro guys from the Transformers team, like they had they had bullet points to cover with that helmet. But like, I don't know, I, I might be reading between the lines too much. It felt a lot like, man, we really want to talk about these new. I really want to talk about Perceptor and Sky Shadow and Drypticon. But this guy just wants to talk about Soundwave and Optimus Prime. <laughs> and and sometimes these Twitch guys throw back to the helmet, which is lying on the floor. And they're like, yeah, yeah, we got this helmet too. Uh, one of the saddest parts of that stream near the end was the Triptychon leg just sort of ended up sitting on the floor, like under that table. And so you're watching this live stream with just this tiny, the Triptychon leg in the wide shot just sitting on the floor, ignored by everyone who's there. And then... Uh, in the final like five minutes, John Warden just started reaching behind him and just pulling out every single figure they'd brought, not really getting a word in about any of them, but just putting them on the table because they brought them there, uh, like like whatever trigger happy and stuff. Um, it was a weird thing to watch live. <laughs> was it like they just got frustrated with the host and they're like, "All right, let's just blast through the rest of this and get away from this guy"? They were they were even talking about the toys. The guy in the middle, Brian Goldner. Because he's like higher up in the chain, he was talking kind of about new media and the fifth film again. But while he's talking, John Warden was just taking out toys from the box and putting them on the table silently. <laughs> and I was like, John Warden, start pulling out other pieces of Triptychon and just putting them on the floor silently, <laughs> <laughs> or just start building Triptychon. Yeah, just quietly. You know? like, I don't care anymore. Uh, well, no that's... one's paying attention to what I'm doing. I, I also. 
took a chance, very tiny chance, didn't pan out, but I was like, okay, if someone is reading Twitter right now and is in the panel, I was like, somebody in the crowd, please just yell, John Warden, yo, Joe, and, like, see if that activates him. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No one gets that that thousand-yard stare (laughs) and then just leaves the stage. Just turns around, walks through the backdrop. (laughs) Kicks Um, it over. But yeah, like the ho- the Twitch hosts weren't terrible hosts. It's just the the focus of this live stream was a very mixed message that was fascinating to watch uh, when it was happening live. There's just, it's so short, and you probably have to dig through Twitch highlights to actually find a copy of it. I would assume so. It's not really worth going back to try to watch, but uh, it, it was kind of funny. Um, the only bit of feedback I got, I missed the first couple minutes. Like I tuned in while the guy on the left was trying on the prime helmet. Uh, I think it was, uh, oh, who was it? It was, uh, Chris from, uh, RX V Chris. I'm, I'm screwing everything up, but uh, he, he told me apparently that guy was also wearing a beanie cap when they started and the Optimus Prime helmet <laughs> forced him to take the beanie cap off and that maybe so, was better for everybody. But they're all in this picture. They're all wearing headphones, like pretty bulky headphones. So he had a beanie over I don't know. The headphones? I don't know if the beanie was over the headphones <laughs> or the headphones were over the beanie. I didn't see the start of the stream. Oh, hopefully. I really hope the beanie was over the headphones. <laughs> that would be awesome. That would be fantastic. It makes more sense if the headphones were over the beanie, but... Because he, he had to ditch that headset when he was trying to try on the, the Prime helmet. <laughs> okay. And then he, uh, he kept pushing the wrong buttons. <laughs> he was like, I'm going to change my voice. Then, like, Peter Cullen lines started coming out. And he was like, I sound just like Peter Cullen. I don't know if he actually. I don't know if he actually said that. I can't remember. But they were they were having some trouble doing a demo of that helmet, and it uh, it seems like that helmet has new Peter Cullen lines, but otherwise is literally just the same 07 voice changer helmet uh, with a new sculpt. All the text the same. Um, oh, that panel sounds like a real mess. It was fun to watch. It was it was pretty fun to watch. Uh. Seth, was there anything, not not necessarily Transformers-wise, but did you catch any other New York Comic-Con news that uh, caught your eye? Not really. Hardly at all. I was really kind of off social media last weekend. Ah, that's kind of the best way, I think, to, to take in Comic-Con news is to you know, not go off for an entire week or anything, but you wait until someone's collated the news and you can just like look at it. Yeah, I've been, it sounds like that's my excuse for everything right now. (laughs) I've been missing out, but I've been busy lately. I'm really hoping things start settling down soon, but with the holidays raging toward us, it doesn't seem likely. Yeah. Maybe in the new year, I'll start being able to be normal again. Yeah, you know, we're still getting, we're still meeting up on here and talking about robots for an hour or two. Yeah, uh, you know the important thing is being covered. Priorities. Uh, yeah, I can't think of any near Comic Con news that I hadn't talked about before that like I found out about later or anything. The only thing was it, the thing that I, I guess I kind of missed. It seems like a lot of people missed. I don't know. Is that the, uh, Playmates has the toy license for the new the Netflix Voltron series? And so they announced a bunch of toys in time with New York Comic Con at the Voltron panel. It sounds like they actually had a whole bunch of the toys there. They just, I think, didn't have a booth. So they only had the toys at the Voltron panel. Because um, I saw 
every now and then like these really weird like in a in a non-booth non-showroom uh, floor kind of room just odd behind the scenes ish photos of some of the new Voltron toys but it, it was kind of unclear to me like how they were present but uh I'm cautiously optimistic about the combining Voltron I, re I really hope that thing turns out okay oh I saw pictures of WWE Ninja Turtles. Oh yeah, that's a, a joint between uh, Mattel and uh, Playmates, kind of. Uh, it seems like a really weird idea. Yeah. Yes. I looked at the pictures and I went, why? So I looked at the pictures and I kind of felt... Why some of these choices, too? I felt like, like they, they were kind of timid, actually, when I looked at them. Like, as concepts, I thought they could have pushed a little harder. Well, you can only knock it out of the park once when you... Or, you can't knock it out of the park every time. I mean, they, they really hit a home run with their WWE zombie figures. I was about to say, like, I don't know if I would get a wrestler, Ninja Turtle, over, like, a zombie wrestler. Uh, I saw the zombies last time. No, how, yesterday morning how in did those Target. Work? I uh, like garbage. Yeah, they kind of... They look like crap. They only had two. They had Paige and somebody else. And I just took a very quick look and went, ha, ha, ha. Paige is probably never coming back at the the way things are going. And these look like garbage. <laughs> like, for, for what's kind of a fun concept, like, every picture I've seen of them looks like, like about a, a thimble of effort was put in. And then they're like, well, that's enough. Move on yeah, to the, the next part. The one... The one and only one that I think is actually kind of clever and actually looks like they put some effort into is Triple H. Because, mm -hmm. like, all the skin is ripped off of his face, so it's emulating his Shao Kahn skull crown mask. Yeah. And his, like, the his thighs are ripped open, making fun of the times that he tore his quadriceps. It's pretty great. <laughs> yeah. And everything else, like, there's, like, that's the only one that makes any sort of reference to anything that I could tell. Everyone else just is, like, gray skin well, yeah, half the has time, a little bit of blood on it. Half the time I see pictures of them, I think that they're just, like, customs because they just look like pale wrestlers. Yeah. And it's like, you know, where's, like, where's zombie Kevin Nash with his leg, like, literally exploded or something <laughs> like that? Kevin yeah. Nash's leg exploded? Well, this is the thing, like, he keeps he keeps hurting his leg by walking and stuff. Oh, maybe. Um, there's that really hard-to-watch clip of um, Sid Vicious. Oh, yeah. No, I, I saw that doing once. Doing the uh, top rope spot. I, I saw that once. Oh, boy. <laughs> don't, don't watch that clip. <laughs> hey. that's, not, that's not a nice clip to watch. That's the kind of clip that makes you think you're going to die by stepping out the front door. When you see a guy jump from a height of about six feet and then his leg just breaks to pieces. Yeah, well, he's them. a guy that never did high spots. And then they told him, you got to do a high spot. Yeah. And he's a very large human being. Yeah. And plop. Just see, seeing a leg <laughs> turn into paper underneath somebody. Ugh. Yeah, that's a rough one. It's like that gymnast injury from the Olympics that everyone just started putting up on Facebook without any kind of disclaimer. <laughs> and I was like, listen, I don't want to see a guy who suddenly has a third sideways knee above his ankle. <laughs> All right? Like, <laughs> I can go and watch certain movies if I want to see that. I forget the football player's name, but 
there was like a savage like break like in the 80s dude got his leg broken in a play and letterman was doing a bit where it was like gifts for the holidays or something and one was a pencil sharpener based on that guy so the handle of the pencil sharpener was the guy's leg and you would just turn his leg around (laughs) it's rough like limb breaks are just friggin it's they're one of the things that they, they cut deep for me it's just like i don't because all i can think about is like what does the inside of that look like and then what does the Ugh. inside of that feel like and then i i, I start feeling bad and i don't want to think about it anymore oh uh, i've seen x-rays of leg breaks or bone breaks that is just like how does that ever get fixed? Yeah, how do you how do you heal that without just opening the skin up and going like, well, we'll just put this back together? <laughs> yeah, and there's a little jigsaw puzzle in your arm. We're gonna try to get all the bits in line and then uh, hope for the best. <laughs> yeah, just, we'll wrap it in tape. You know, put some white glue all over it, form a skin. And it'll, it'll be good. Um, just before we we move into, uh, into oh, it was Joe Theismann. That was it. Joe, Joe Theismann was the football man who you had Joe his leg broken. Theismann? Theismann. Did he break his thigh? Yeah, that's the guy who broke his leg. That's that's too weird. Joe Theismann. What's up? Yeah. I'm I'm Jim Legman, the football player who broke his leg. This is a YouTube link he just sent me. I don't think I should click on. <laughs> no, you want to click on it. You want to jump ahead a little bit. All right. They, they take some time getting to it. Takes a little bit of time to get to it. Yeah, yeah. Where, where, where about do I want to jump to here? Uh, jump up to a. Oh, now it's hitching up on me. Go to uh forty-five seconds. Forty-five seconds. I can do yeah, that. Yeah, you'll get a little continuity to. Uh, I don't. I don't know a lot about football. Like, what here. am I? What am I gonna? What am I gonna see here? You just keep an eye on his legs. Okay. The, which, the guy which, with the red pants and the white shirt. Okay, uh, they seem to be free. I have the audio off, so I can hear you. Okay. Uh, they seem to be. Yeah, fr- I don't think there's that much to hear anyway. Seem to be freeze framed on him here for. Oh, they keep freeze framed. This man is about to jump on him. Yeah, that's Lawrence Taylor. He's a big guy. Is the Lord? Is he, is he the fridge? No, that's a uh, William Perry. Okay. I only remember the part where there's a football player called the fridge. Yeah, he had a GI Joe toy. Yeah, I know. Just to bring it back to toys. I can't tell what happened. No, they do some close ups. Oh, good. (laughs) Jesus! So that's what happens when a really large man jumps on you. Okay. Big giant guy. (laughs) That. I think Lawrence Taylor was, was slated to become a pro wrestler, and they did some stuff where he's at ringside and he starts getting involved in things and right before his big debut he like got busted for coke okay you know what that's why i thought he was the fridge because the fridge works with sergeant slaughter who's a wrestler and lawrence taylor is the football guy who was fighting with bam bam bigelow who is a wrestler i somehow crisscrossed those wires in my memory yeah and then I, I thought you were gonna say that he was gonna do wrestling stuff and they said no because he jumped on a guy and, and he the guy's leg turned into a noodle no, that and, was after. Oh, okay. Is that when he was trying to get all the wrestler out of him? He's like, hey. No, that was... A, no. Going into wrestling was after his football career. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it, it he was going into wrestling after um, making another man's leg turn into a noodle. 
That would have been great if that was his whole gimmick. Is like, I'm going to jump on your shoulders while you're standing, and then your leg's going to break, but it never works. <laughs> That's his finishing move, is to just break somebody's <laughs> leg. See, he does what he does the tackle. They're just like, what are you doing? And then he just, like, I don't know, spits in their face, takes out, a, like, a stick and just breaks their leg. <laughs> well, that's how the, that that's when the honky-tonk man quit. They were like, we're going to put you in a match with Lawrence Taylor, and he's going to go over on you with his finisher. And he's just like, nah, man, I quit. <laughs> I'm the honky-tonk man. The honky-tonk man, did a, he did a promo for us. He's better than, than yeah. losing the, to a football player. He's a good man. Uh, <laughs> he's the honky-tonk man. Sweaty, greasy... Hungover looking good man. <laughs> yeah. Uh anyway, before before we move into into uh the the other leg of the podcast. Oh, well, oh I didn't even mean to do that. I didn't even mean to do that. He shoots, he scores, ladies and gentlemen. It's, Christopher Ho. It's let's actually, give him a round of applause. It's actually like a little perturbing when that happens and I don't mean to do it. Cause I'm like, what, what, what was that just now? Who took, who was operating the controls? Uh, free. You said that, and I was all like, whoa, man. Free word association, scary. Uh, <laughs> was, there any, was there anything else Transformers wise this week you wanted to want to hit up? We have we have a light news week, so obviously there's there's not like a huge swathe to cover. I can't. The spoiler for the next segment. I can't find any wave two stuff around here. Man. Uh, so yeah, just like taking a quick front page run. Like, there's TFCon exclusives from the dealer room. Show oh forward. yeah, yeah. The um, the pictures that were side by sighing, side by sighing, side by siding. TFCon Chicago Sphinx Stealth with the uh, Toronto Sphinx Stealth. Yes, and how it's different clear parts and different colored effect. Yeah, it's uh, so yeah. Because I, I I asked some folks, I was like, all right, like I, I'm seeing this on my phone. It's like, what's the difference? So it's like, whereas the Toronto one was like, you know, left side, right side. The Chicago one's right side, left side. So they're, they're using right. the other half is the part that's turning invisible. Uh, the invisibility effect is blue instead of orange, and then the blue plastic is dark blue instead of light blue because there's two different, like they did two different mirages, one in dark blue and one in light blue. So this is like using all of the other parts of the clear one they broke in half, along with like the other blue. So it's like everything that could be different is different. Yeah, but not quite enough of it. It like so I I really looked at the the two side by side and was like, oh, can you take these apart and make an all clear and an all solid one if you got both of them, and you can't get to it all clear because the uh the the front of the car that is like his whole chest is not all clear on either one yeah so you could I, get close i guess i wonder if if you stripped all the paint off that bumper if that's just a fully painted clear piece i don't know like i don't i don't know either but i couldn't tell you but then you'd have different color effect bits yeah all over them i i think it's a uh, I think it's a very clever way to offer the same exclusive at a different show while making it different in a really logical way. Yeah. Where it's like, hey, do you want Stealth Sphinx? Well, here's the different Stealth Sphinx. Uh, I, I thought that was neat. Um, I don't know if I'm going to pick up the Chicago version, but I feel bad to say I'm actually kind of tempted. 
because uh, I, I don't know something about having the two halves standing side by side that I think would be kind of fun but it seems like the price is going to be kind of rough too they're saying he's going to be 120 and that's that's brutal uh, but yeah like front page wise there's a bunch of news about like some uh, generation toys showing up in other countries which is great news for folks in other countries there's a Transformers 5 news roundup you know <laughs> grats uh yeah. Oh, you know, there was something I wanted to touch on, because uh, they're saying that on Comixology, IDW comics are 50% off all books released before September 12th. That's a kind of cool way to react to the IDW Humble Bundle that went up, because uh-huh. um, I picked up that Humble Bundle, and I didn't know this when I picked it up. I'm not mad about this. Like, it's logical, but I just had missed the part where the, I, I assumed the Humble Bundle would uh, synchronize with my Comixology own, ownership of books. It's not. The Humble Bundle actually just gives you triplicate download links in different formats for all of the books you're getting. It's kind of a pain to download all the books from that Humble Bundle because you have to do it one one book or graphic novel at a time. Um, so this seems like a comicsology way to roll with that on their own platform, I guess. Um, while obviously not having the, the same monetary goals as a Humble Bundle does. But... Have you ever noticed how weird Humble Bumble starts sounding after you say it a bunch of times? Oh, yeah. Especially <laughs> when you just start smushing all those consonants together. You just go, Humble Bumble. I got, I got a Humble Bumble. Humble Bumble. Uh, Hubba Bubba. I got the Hubba Bubba. The Hubba Comic Bubba for the, 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 the revolution. Um, but yeah, I, I picked up that Humble Bundle because I have most of the Transformers books, but I don't have like any IDW G.I. Joe books and people were saying these are all the important ones so I feel like now I can I can get caught up on their version of G.I. Joe speaking of someone who really enjoyed Devil's Do G.I. Joe uh, back in the day um, so I, I also got a reading order list for this thing which is super helpful uh, and I did the $20 option so I got all the books and I, in December I'm gonna get trading cards wow that's kind of exciting because like you don't get trading cards anymore Except in everything. Um, actually, I immediately then read something included in here that has nothing to do with Revolution. The only thing in here that has nothing to do with Revolution. They give you all six issues of Street Fighter Cross G.I. Joe that they did. All right. <laughs> so I read through that. It's, it's a pretty fun story, all things told. It's kind of ridiculous. It's It does not actually set a stage for you. So as you read it, you have to kind of like piece together that... G.I. Joe is, is uh, you know, their own thing, and they are known by the U.S. Army, but the U.S. Army does not necessarily have them clued in to all of their secret U.S. Army plans. So, like, Gung-Ho and Roadblock are in the fighting tournament being run by M. Bison and Destro, but they don't know that there's a whole plan going on to uncover the special Psycho Drive backpack Destro has made or something, and then, like, it's it's kooky. It's pretty fun. Yeah. There's there's an actual <laughs> fighting tournament in it that they actually finish before the end of the book. Okay. And uh So I would imagine there'd be some like weirdness between the Joes and Guile. Yeah, Guile Guile basically is like, hey, so because Guile's in on this secret plan that they've concocted with the Ninja Joes and Ken and Ryu. Uh and Cammy and Chun Li, like they're all this, like they're all a team, but they haven't clued in Gung Ho and Roadblock as to what's going on. 
And then Guile's like, hey, sorry we couldn't tell you, but like this was classified. And I'm like, what? Well, what? Who's G.I. Joe then? Yeah. <laughs> if G.I. Joe's not the top level of classification, are they just sanctioned like friggin' mercenaries? Uh but it's it's pretty cool. Like I I was I it was a lot better than I thought it was gonna be, having seen previews for like the first two issues. Um I'm not going to... I accidentally might have spoiled some stuff there. I'm not going to spoil the ending. The ending's not something I ever expected to see. Uh, issue number six is pretty magic in its own special way. Um, there's actually one other thing in there that has nothing to do with Revolution. And it's another reason I got the Humble Bundle. They give you all of that really weird Transformers versus G.I. Joe that uh, IDW did, uh, I think, what, last year? Or it ended this year? like a 12 issue thing that was done in like old timey comic style and was really really weird um, a lot of people like that and I, I got the first couple issues and it wasn't my kind of weird but now I have it all so I can I can catch up on what they did because uh, apparently they're coming back to that for a special uh, next year and announced at New York Comic Con they're going to do that universe's version of the Transformers 86 movie like how that would have gone down in this demented continuity I'd like to see that. Yeah, I'd be okay with that. Well, just sort of thinking of that Street Fighter G.I. Joe thing a little bit more, like, if I was involved in making something like that, I would have slipped in at least one reference to the Street Fighter movie and the theory that it was originally written to be a G.I. Joe movie. That would have been pretty cool. Like, I just would have had, like, Destro come face to face with with Sagat and just sort of like look him up and down and be like, you're not an arms dealer. <laughs> I almost feel like there might have been something at least in the artwork that I missed. Like maybe it was too subtle for me. If anyone out there listening has read that and can tell me if there was a a nod to the to the Street Fighter live action movie, like please please tell me. I'd love to know. Uh, because like the that book it was full of it was full of U.S. Army secret plans and it was full of Satsui no Hado which is like the the big like evil Ryu thing and that was about that, that's about the crux of it crux. Uh, so the, oh you know who else was in that you know who was an actual tournament competitor in that in that book which kind of made me happy was friggin croc master oh. <laughs> and his alligator and then, like, road, Roadblock fights, uh, what's his name, the the Turkish oil wrestler guy from Street Fighter 4. Uh-huh. And Roadblock just friggin' pulls out his Gatling gun. Like, his gigantic Gatling like gun. cheating. So they, they have a line in there somewhere where they point out, like, this fighting term is kind of weird how we're okay with people throwing fireballs, using knives and claws, bringing guns into into the ring. <laughs> like, one guy has a crocodile, but, like, the like Crocmaster and Roadblock... If you think about Capcom fighting games, it kind of works. Uh, they they never really talk about it, but you know, friggin' Vega has a claw. There's, there's what's Rolento or whatever, like has like a stick and like I think a knife at some point. Uh, oh, I think he throws grenades too. Yeah, so it's like, hey, Roadblock has a Gatling gun, and uh, okay, one little spoiler about Roadblock. You know how Roadblock's a chef? Sure. So he fights Hassan or whatever. Is it Hassan? Is that his name? The oil wrestler guy, the oil wrestler guy is all like, my my oil is the best olive oil in the world. It's great for wrestling and for cooking. And so after fighting Roadblock, Roadblock's got all this oil on him, and then he tastes it, and he's like, hey, this is pretty good. And he like goes on to to, to foster a friendship with, with this dude, because he's like, I'm going to cook with your oil. 
And the guy's like, excellent idea. I'll sell you some. And it was cute. Um, it sounds like a wonderful mess. <laughs> that <yep>. comic. <laughs> it's, it's pretty fun. Getting it in a humble bundle is the best way to read it, I think. Hubba bubba. Uh, getting it in a hubba bubba and chewing on it for a bit. Blowing a big bubble. Great way to do it. Uh, Seth, it sounds to me like you might have... Might have intimated earlier that you don't have any new Transformers this no, week. No, I saw the uh, the second wave of the the little guys, like the Ravage, yeah, and stuff. I saw those, but I'm not I'm not into those there are, guys. I would call that a weak wave. It's because it's it's basically the three sound wave minions. Yeah, but like the laser beak mold, it's not very good. No. I've not heard great things about the Ravage mold, even though I do want to mess with it as Ravage, and. Rumble is fine, but like he's also already uh, rewind or eject. You know, like they're, they're all they're using the same body for like all four of the humanoid cassettes in a way. Yeah. So it's not that exciting. Um, I think it's a pretty weak wave. Yeah, I'm looking for deluxes and voyagers and that sort of thing. <clears throat> can I can I interest you in that Legends Brawn that they're they're going to be doing? Well, yeah, that. Okay. But like right now, for like what people are finding currently, I'm looking for the deluxes and stuff. I'm not really worried about the data slugs or whatever they're called. I got I just I got an agenda with that brawn. Like people gotta get that brawn to support that brawn Well, I mentioned earlier that I think the brawn looks cool. He has a cockpit so. that the headmaster brawn that they released in wave two can go into. Rad. Because Brawn's also like one of the standalone Titan Masters. So you could put Brawn yeah, yeah that's pilot. another one I gotta look for. I have a pilot brawn. Yeah, the little Titan Masters I'm looking for. It's just those that that class of figure the I'm not into the the data slug guys. Yeah, I think it, it's it's neat that like Wave Two is the three Soundwave ones because Wave Two is when Leader Soundwave comes out, so it's like that you know it's thematic. Yeah. But like a whole wave of the data slugs is is a whole lot to to take in because they they do have a fairly uninteresting alt mode if if it's not connected with you uh it's better when it's like oh there's a data slug and then a car and a tank like there's three figures yeah and their robot modes and stuff just are doing nothing for me i i just don't like them yeah that that laser beak is man i don't hate it it's just it's it's a, it's a fun toy to transform, but like then I, you get him to one of his modes, and it's like the only thing to really do is to then transform him again. It's like, all right, well, that's neat. Uh, I don't I don't have any new transformer stuff to talk about on my end. I don't think. Uh, oh no, you know what? I did I did get some stuff because uh, it's sitting right here next to me. I got the Japanese versions of uh, Titans Return Wheelie and Rewind. Um, because I, I wanted their, they come with Titan, they come with uh, two of the standalone Titan Masters, but in Japan they're putting a lot more paint on those guys. And having gotten one of them with Shockwave, it's like I kind, I kind of want some more of these Japanese Titan Masters. So like Rewind comes with Nightbeat, and Wheelie comes with Go Shooter, and uh, the, the Titan Masters look great in those two packages. Uh, the actual figures, Japanese Wheelie does, he's not like categorically better than American Wheelie as far as holding together in car mode. It's just a lot of his tabs feel somewhat nicer. Uh, his color scheme uh, seems a little bit more... Well, a little bit better. Like, it, American Wheelie has this big 
thing where the front half is dark orange, the back half is light orange, and they kind of just did away with that on the Japanese one to be mostly light orange. And I think I like that effect a bit more. The clear canopy on Wheelie I don't like quite as much because it's it's just too invisible, and so it looks weird when it's the front of his chest because it's completely crystal clear. Um, Japanese Rewind feels fine. His uh, stickers are different. I don't know yet if his stickers feel like they stick on better than the American version, but other than that, like, there's not enough about the about Japanese Rewind to say, like, oh, you should be getting that one. Especially because they tried to paint his head to look more like the G1 cartoon, where there's two little blue eyes, like, inside the visor. It just doesn't look very good to me. It's it's a valiant attempt, but it, it looks weird. Uh, the Nightbeat he comes with is nice, though. Like, really good paint. But they, they kept the really terrible Nightbeat head sculpt on the head mode, but then they painted it really well, so it's like... I'm torn. Like, it's a really good-looking bad head sculpt. Uh, and I got Japanese Weird Wolf, uh, who... I, he's kind of like Skull Cruncher. He's different from the American one, more so than better. There are bits of him that are better, so he's probably better, but he's... A lot more of him skews towards just different and in very minor ways. Like, once again, it's really hard to justify the price tag on those uh, original Headmaster character guys who are coming with the, the drone vehicles. Like, for friggin', like, 4,000 yen, it's just, it just really hurts. Um, I, I really like the anime-accurate head sculpts on the on the Headmasters, so I kind of I want to finish that set of them. But uh, the price is definitely not nice. Um... I think that's about it for my Transformer stuff, though. Like, yeah, we're kind of between waves. I'm just looking for Alpha Trion right now. I, I really don't want American Astro Train. Like, I, I, I would be buying him because he comes with Alpha Trion if I order them online. Like, that's really about it. Uh, so hopefully I can I can find some cool stuff at TFCon to talk about. Uh, that's happening next week. Holy crap. Um, Seth, was there anything non-Transformers that you want to talk about? Yeah, and it's been a bummer like this weekend looking on Twitter and seeing everybody getting ready for con- for a TFCon and knowing that I'm not going. <sighs> Poor me. Be there in spirit. Yeah. Which is like something that I'm sure is not actually helpful for the person who's not there. No. But not really. I'll just play Overwatch. Um off topic. Um, I got the three Juggernaut Wave Marvel Legend figures I had been missing. Hey! So Wolverine, Cable, and Rogue. I heard that Wolverine's uh, good. Yeah, it's really good. Um, he's really short, which is great. And just, like, maybe of I've got so many Legend-sized Wolverines now, it's ridiculous between <laughs> Hasbro and Toy Biz. Um, it's maybe the best clause, like as far as being straight out of the package and not super squishy and rubbery. And then he comes with alternate hands of, with retracted claws, um, which is kind of good because his face sculpt is really blank. Like there's no expression on his face whatsoever. Mm. So... You can't really put him in a good, like, action rage pose because he's just deadpan. He's kind of just scowling? Just not even really scowling, just sort of oh. expressionless. <laughs> um, yeah. And then the rogue's really nice. It's a good rogue. Comes with a bare hand so you can ever touch him, people. Oh, that's cool. And then Cable is better than I thought he was going to be. 
but still maybe the weakest figure of the wave maybe rivaling or close close tie with phoenix i just found phoenix disappointing like there just wasn't anything special about her yeah um and cable comes with an idiotic gun that makes no sense (laughs) i was tweeting about it i think last weekend a bunch of pictures because when you're looking at the gun so it's like rob lifefield ish in that the barrel is just this this narrow oval like there's no gun barrel it's just this big oblong shape uh then the grip of the gun has a bullet magazine sticking out the bottom then a little farther back is a belt of bullets coming out so it has two different types of ammunition only one trigger and no barrel for the bullets to come out through. Well, is that, so, that, is that oval shape, right? So you just you pull the trigger, you tumble the two different bullets together and spit out, you know, whatever they become. Yeah, without a narrow tube for it to rifle down. Yeah, it just sort of sprays. <laughs> it's, a, it's a bullet tumbler. Just, yeah, the bullet, like, bounces around on its way out and then just goes in a direction. But then it's, like, not as massive or chromed up that, like, a, an awful lazy Rob Liefeld gun would have been. Um, that guy seems like a very lazy artist. <laughs> I, I, you know what? A whole lot of the internet would probably back you up if you if you had criticisms of Rob Liefeld art. Yeah, and then a lot of the pictures that I saw of the wave before it had come out, um, the the chest piece thing, like the chest armor on Cable, looked like weirdly oversized and i don't know if it just looks better in person or if those pictures were of an unfinished version that they fixed i don't know but the cable came out better than than i was like really expecting and then the juggernaut's really good he's very big he's taller than the rhino uh build a figure from a few months back um and my only little gripe with the juggernaut is the way his helmet over his head kind of comes down um like kind of the deal is his helmet's supposed to be riveted to his shoulders Mm. and and like around his clavicle um it doesn't make any real contact at all with any of his body this is kind of floating yeah it's just kind of floating (laughs) um so that's a little too bad that it wasn't shaped to and then, like, you know, you wouldn't have any head articulation that way, but then I don't really expect Juggernaut does have any <laughs> articulation in his head. Like, I, I think, like, I always imagine, like, his face might move around under the helmet some, but the helmet should be just locked to his to his shoulders. Yeah, I feel, I feel like, to me, if you're going to do head articulation for Juggernaut, you have the helmet on a hinge so it can kind of dip forward or back to look up or, you know, go down for a headbutt. And then uh-huh. you have kind of, I don't know if it would look as good, but maybe have like a slider in like, or maybe like a, a, a twistable thing on top, on the back of his head. So you can just have his face move around inside the slot. But like, yeah, so you keep the helmet sort of in the same, in the same position, no matter what it's doing. Yeah. Cause that's like the classic thing when the X-Men have to deal with Juggernaut, like, Okay, we have to keep throwing Wolverine at him because his claws are the only thing that could cut the bolts off, and then eventually we'll get all the bolts broken off, and then we can knock his hat off, hat off, and then 
Gene or Psylocke or Professor X, whichever psychic has, happens to be around, will then zap him. And that's the only way to stop the Juggernaut. Yeah, because he's unstoppable. Yeah, he's the Juggernaut. He just starts juggernauting all over the place. Um, then in a non-toy kind of thing, um, so that that I mentioned earlier, like the the trying to figure out how to make a video game. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> so I had finished the tutorial on making the asteroid style game and just made very simple graphics, like for the for the asteroids and the ship that emulated the um the original graphics but they were sprites so it was just a black um square and then the the shape is drawn in in white where like the original game was like vector graphics or whatever um so it just like it it had the look of the original game but wasn't created the same way um so i started messing around making like some pixel art um made a ship that I thought was all right. And then working on the asteroids, I just couldn't do anything that I liked the look of. And then I started thinking, well, like you could import images and whatnot. Um, Maybe I'll try just drawing things and then scanning them in and importing the drawings. Mm -hmm. And maybe that could be, like a, an interesting art style when I try to make something more original. Um, so then I started thinking, well, if I'm going to do that and I have to draw like frames of animation, like I've never done anything like that before. Again, like kind of stumbling into doing something I've never done before, um, like making a game. Um, so then I was like, well, I've seen film of animators working where they have pages of of the drawing stacked on top of each other and flip back and forth and and could see through because it's like thin paper and then i started looking to see if like there was a cheap like light board like a drawing board that lights up to like shine light through to make it easier to trace and found something that was pretty inexpensive on amazon so that came the other day. I just opened it up and like plugged it in to kind of see uh today. Make sure it lights up. Yeah. And and like there's a, along two sides, so it's like a rectangle. Um along two sides are like ruler hashes. Um but I was disappointed that there's like no lip or anything to it. Hmm. So there's nothing to like keep a piece of paper in place. And then I was like, oh, that's why when I was looking at it on Amazon and it was like frequently bought together, a big paperclip thing. (laughs) (laughs) So the solution is to just get something to clip the paper to it, to hold the paper in place, which didn't seem like the most ideal solution. But uh, I'm going to try it out, mess with it. And then I started thinking like, oh, maybe it'd be fun to like, like do the drawings on like lined binder paper and then like cut them out in a way where, where uh, it looks like you just cut out doodles in a notebook. So there'll be like some paper around the character a little bit and just have, and the blue lines going through everything. 
That's a that's a Flash cartoon aesthetic I once saw that I thought was really cool. Yeah. Yeah, I know I've seen stuff like to that concept. And I think there was a game that came out a few years ago that the art style was supposed to look like the drawings heavy metal kids would do on their binders. Yeah. In high school or something. Um so I'm I don't want to just like ape something that already existed, but you know, mess around and try different things and kind of just see what's fun. Whether or not it existed, it's not a very common aesthetic I've seen, yeah. especially in games. So, like, you know, might as well. Yeah, and my drawing style is going to be different, so it's not like a straight-up rip-off or something. This is my OC. It's original, original character, original style. Yeah. So, I've just been feeling a little bad that I haven't had more time to do do that stuff because there's still a lot to learn what mm. in that uh that game maker program like i still don't know how to do different levels and how to get from one level to another although i kind of have an idea of what what it would be involved based on what i've already kind of learned how to do or learned the ideas of um so it, it's more stuff to learn i've been looking at some tutorials and deciding like okay maybe i'll try this tutorial next and that will add to my little tiny shot glass of of knowledge <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah i mean he's got to keep yeah got to keep trucking on like i think doing original art styling already is also going to mean that even if it's just like a training project you're going to be able to have a sense of pride about it yeah and like i'm not <laughs> I'm not setting out thinking like, oh, this is all going to lead to me to make a commercially available game. Like, if I make just a short little goofy thing that I could just share with people, like, like one day I'll come on the podcast and be like, hey, go to this link and just download my dumb game that you'll finish in five minutes and never play again. Like, that's, that's enough. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. I'll be pretty happy with that. Have, have give it a scoring system have it like just infinitely looping and then like go like hey Aaron why don't you play my game for three hours straight on extra life yeah there you go raise that some, would be awful for him <laughs> raise some money well and I'm still thinking about getting um, one of these uh, emulator arcade cabinets mm-hmm. and the, the one I've been looking at it's just a PC inside the cabinet it's just a small desktop computer um that you could exit out to windows on and this is a windows program and then i thought well that would be amazing if i could like map the the uh arcade controls in and uh and like make a little game to play on that thing in the future yeah and then i want to like do dumb references to like people i know or something like like if i make a game that I end up sharing, like it might be like inspired by the podcast and like, we'll all be dumb little characters in it or something. I'd be cool with being a dumb little character. I want to, I just want to be a face floating in the background. I want to be a power up. It'd be an asteroid that people are shooting. Yeah. <laughs> they shoot your big head and then two little heads appear. Yep. And they're all just like, <laughs> they all have this like a dead set expression. Just like, Rrr. And they spin when they when they move around in space. <laughs> um, 
We'll see. Maybe, yeah. maybe. Updates coming. Did you get anything off topic? Well, thanks for asking. Um, not, not really. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the, the thing with like Wheelie and everyone, like that was a, a very Transformers centric box of stuff because it was just Transformers. Um, well, you know, there was there was a, a there was a thing in it. Some GI Joe scaled common riders from a series called Shodo Rider. Uh, it's a Bandai thing uh, where there's a couple of Shodo series, and all the figures are GI Joe scale. They're sold like candy toy style. Uh, and I'd skip the first two because it falls under my thing of I can't buy everything. Uh, so it was an easy thing to go like, well, you know, I buy a lot of candy toys. And I, I don't always keep them, so I'll let these slip by. They, they did a, a Series 3, which had uh, two of my favorite characters, Kamen Rider Black and Shadow Moon. And it also had one of the goofiest 70s characters, Kamen Rider Stronger, and his nemesis, uh, One-Eyed Titan, which is basically a very suavely dressed Japanese man whose head is a black ball with a gigantic eyeball on it i'll send you a picture of the assortment uh these are really good gi joe scale like 500 yen action figures i'm kind of regretting that i didn't get wave one and two and now i'm starting to try to backtrack them on the aftermarket uh because they're really fun and they're, they're gi joe scale the joints feel good uh they're decently poseable they come with a whole bunch of swappable hands and stuff uh they come with candy i don't want <laughs> and uh just the man like this assortment of four characters is is a real strong way to jump into this and there's like two variants so, like there's a variant of common rider stronger in his like super form where he's got more silver on him and then there's a variant of one-eyed titan where i read his biography from the show i haven't watched stronger at some point in the show he dies and then they bring him back to life as hundred-eyed Titan, and his his, <laughs> his head basically just grows more little eyeballs. So they did, they did a new head sculpt for him with tons of little eyeballs all over his head. Then like this is cool. Like I have and like his little pistol. Uh, I, I was reading about it. They're like, yeah, in the show, his pistol is like powerful enough to level a building, but it's just a little pistol. Uh, and when he shoots it, they cut to a like a car exploding and stuff. And I'm like, this guy seems neat. Uh. And he dresses well. This looks, looks like a cool toy. So that that was fun. Now I want to go track down the other Shodo riders. Uh, they're also doing like Shodo Dragon Ball Z, Shodo Ultraman. Uh, I think that they were just doing a poll on like the next thing they could do Shodo figures for. But uh, yeah, that is my off topic. What I got this week, other than having also seen Shin Godzilla twice. Uh, good film. I enjoyed it. Oh, I went through a bunch of trouble downloading Gears of War 4. That oh. took about two days. How? Well, first, um, the download speed I was getting was god-awful. It was ranging from, like, one and a half to three megs. I thought bad download speeds was, like, the PlayStation thing. Well, I guess it's on Xbox, too. All right. Um... Because when I would run a speed test, I was pulling like 80 plus yeah. <laughs> down. Um, then, like, I ran around and I turned off everything in the house that touched the Wi-Fi. And then it went up to between five and six. But then I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to let it run all night. And then I check on it the next day and it had stopped. <laughs> I'm like, okay, well, I'll just let it run all day while I'm at work. And I came back, and it's like, there was an error, and we stopped. (laughs) 
Yay! And then it took like a whole nother night to get it downloaded. But then it came out the same day that the that the Overwatch patch for all the Halloween stuff hit. And I'm like, those devious bastards, they did this on purpose. Those blizzard jerks. Like, because they're like, oh, you think you're gonna go play this other shooting game? Well, guess what? You're you can only get these skins for a limited time, so you better hurry up and get them. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, fine. I guess I'll play Gears of War in November. <laughs> you win, Blizzard. <laughs> oh, and then I was going through like the hero gallery, like like adding up because unlike the Olympic stuff or summer games, as it's officially called, unlike the summer game stuff, you could buy the skins with the in-game credit. You couldn't do that before. They're just more expensive than equivalent stuff. So like legendary skins are normally a thousand credits. Mm. The legendary Halloween stuff is three thousand. So everything's triple price. Okay. Um so I was going through and I'm like, okay, these are the skins that I haven't gotten yet. And luckily I've managed to get all of the uh the legendary Halloween skins out of boxes already. So I'm like, okay, here's the plan. I'm just going to get as many boxes as I can between now and the 31st. And then I'll use my credits to buy whatever's left. So I'm going through looking for the prices because I didn't know at the time I had all the legendary ones. I suspected that I did because pretty much all the ones that I don't have yet are kind of recolors of existing skins where the legendary ones are like full on new models yeah and so i'm just going character to character and i go to bastion and i'm scrolling down the bastion skins and there was another one that i'd never seen before and it said a blizzcon exclusive i was like well son of a gun (laughs) what do i got to do to get that so then i (laughs) grab my laptop and i start googling around to find out what i gotta do about that so I'm going to have to buy a BlizzCon virtual ticket. This is starting to sound like some Dota 2 stuff. (laughs) Yeah, it's garbage. So the BlizzCon virtual ticket, you have access to um, all the stuff they're going to stream from BlizzCon. So there's going to be a bunch of like um, panels and a concert and some other stuff. Um, So you'll be able to watch all that stuff for two weeks. Hmm. So it's going to stream live, and then it'll be archived for two weeks. And then you'll get a a code to download something for every current game. So there's a Warcraft thing, a Diablo thing, um, Hearthstone, Overwatch, uh, Heroes of the Storm. So there's, there's stuff for all those games that you get. And I'm like, well, I'm just really after the Overwatch one. But I know people buy this sort of stuff online. Oh, no. So maybe I'll just sell all the other codes. (laughs) This is dangerous territory. (laughs) It's not like physically dangerous. It's just... What? What's wrong with that? I don't know. Digital convention exclusive game skin is like an arrangement of words that send a little chill down my spine. Yeah, I think the ticket's like 35 bucks. 30 Something like that. Then if you buy the ticket, then you can order like the the uh the convention exclusive like physical items. That's like this loot box box. So it's like a box or it's the good the goodie bag box, they call it. 
It's called the Goodie Bag Box. By Loot Crate? No. Because we can add more words to it. <laughs> oh, yeah, that'd be great. Sponsored by Loot Crate. I'd get another word in there. <laughs> um, so I was like, so the, the description in the game for the Bastion skin said Goodie Bag. So I was reading what was in the goodie bag. This was before I read what the virtual ticket entails. So I'm like reading what's in the goodie bag and there's no mention of a Bastion skin. And I'm like, oh, so do you get it or not? But then it's like, you can't order the goodie bag unless you buy a virtual ticket. Right. So you have to get both if you want what's in the goodie bag. And then I started reading what the virtual ticket meant. And that's where the skin and, and stuff are. All the digital stuff is in the virtual ticket. Then for like another 35 bucks, um, you get the the goodie box, bag box. The, the, goodie, the goodie bag box? Yeah, which had a bunch of stuff that I don't need, so I'm not going to get that. Okay. Like ah. there, there's a couple like fun things in there, but it's all stuff I could live without. Yeah. This just seems like a, a long... Like, it's not like it's it's dumb. Like, I, I can see how it's a smart thing to do, but man, that's like a... That's a it's a long trek to set up for people to go through. It's digital convention uh, exclusive. It's, I don't know. It feels weird. Yeah, well, I remember hearing tale of some of that stuff from the past, like some of these uh, World of Warcraft pets. Yeah. Just being, like, ridiculously expensive. I sold a World of Warcraft uh, collectible card game pet once for, like, a hundred some dollars. Well, there you go. I don't think I would get that much for any of these things, but uh, if I could just recoup the cost and then end up with the Bastion skin for free, effectively, then that's cool. Yeah. yeah so there's a link to what's in the goodie bag box. Oh, man. There's a set of dice which are kind of neat. Diablo 3 gaming dice, so it's like your D20 and D10 and all that kind of stuff and a little leather pouch that says Diablo on it. It seems okay. Like, you know, giant inflatable hammers are fun. Uh, not for me. They're fun at a convention. I guess antenna it's topper. Our car doesn't even have an antenna. <laughs> ah! Heroes of the Storm guitar pick keychain, whatever that's about. You can play guitar! Microfiber Hearthstone tablet cleaning cloth. I'm sorry, does your tablet not get dirty? I mean, it does, but I mean, it's. Well, there you whatever. go. I, I like the World of Warcraft faction coasters. Yeah. I really like coasters. Coasters are neat. And then the BlizzCon X commemorative Stein. It's a Stein, is how we pronounce that. Stein would be cool. But when you look at that picture of all the stuff together, it looks very, very, very small. That's for controlled drinking. Probably full of lead. You probably wouldn't want to drink out of it. I wouldn't drink out of it. I have glasses for drinking out of. So, like, I was trying to justify some of these things when I thought the Bastion skin was going to be in there. I'm like, well, the, I don't play any role-playing games anymore but the dice set and bag are really neat it's plus tax plus shipping and plus applicable fees as well yeah i'm like yeah, it's rough know, the the coasters are cool and the the pure the stein is cool but then when i finished figuring out that i don't need to get this to get the skin then i was like yeah all that stuff is garbage 
<laughs> the stun is very small, and the inflatable hammer. What am I going to do with that? That's garbage. So if you do get this, are you gonna are you gonna are you gonna watch BlizzCon? Might as well, at least some of it. Probably Man. just Overwatch related stuff. You should watch it, and then you should bootleg all of it with like a screen capture program. Just go whole hawk. Yeah, that'll teach them. Yeah, that's what you get. <laughs> then I'll monetize it on YouTube, and I'll be rich, making all my money back. This this bastard skin was basically free. Basically free. This inflatable hammer was basically free. But I don't need to buy the goodie bag box. So you see, I don't even have to bother with that part. You buy it, then you sell it immediately. Yeah. An incredible profit. <laughs> basically free. Uh, all right. Is there anything else you want to talk about before we close up? Mm, I don't think so. All right. Well, uh, oh, next... I made my girlfriend watch the uh, 1986 Transformer movie yesterday. Hey, she wasn't into it when I was like, let's watch this. It's Saturday morning. It's a cartoon. It'll be fun. It'll be like the old days. And she was like, you can put it on if you want. Oh, but then she kind of got into it. I mean, the like, first... we, we cracked jokes and she complained about the music. You, you watch <laughs> the first 20 minutes of that. Like, that's what you watch. And then, you know, as you do with the rest. Well, the okay, so the opening scene, Unicron rolls up on the planet and destroys everything and everybody's dead. And it's like this kind of deep thrumming music. And I think she was a little surprised by how heavy that bit was. And then like the super 80s drum machine version of the transformer theme comes in and she's just like that's terrible like why like this this like heavy kind of disturbing thing just happened and now it's like this super upbeat like kind of <laughs> drum machine comes in this is terrible why would they do that <laughs> yeah, to tonal dissonance that's why it's, it's an artistic <laughs> choice it's called total dissonance. Yeah, she didn't appreciate uh, Dare. Aw. Um, she's like, oh, here's more of that crappy music. I'm like, no, this is one of the good songs that's <laughs> in it. I have a lot of trouble defending any of those songs if someone does start to criticize them, I gotta admit. It's like, yeah, it's... it's if someone says, that's 80s cheesy, it's kind of like, yeah, well, you, yes, it is. <laughs> But it seemed it very much seemed like there were parts that she liked, parts that she was surprised by how how good were, and then other parts that she really couldn't stand. So for her, the whole movie was this crazy mishmash, which it is. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of cool. Yeah, it was fun. And then uh, I tried to watch one of the special features and it and like I paused it and then it wouldn't play again. But it would fast forward and rewind. It just wouldn't play. And then it crashed to the dashboard. And I went, forget it. <laughs> I'll try later. It's not meant to be. You, yeah, you broke we the you broke I had to the go movie. get changed. We were going to a birthday thing. So I had to, I had to leave anyway. You should go to the birthday thing and just immediately talked about that specific incident. It's everyone who you say hi to. 
Like, hey, what's up? You know, that Transformers movie Blu-ray. Special features kind of suck, don't they? Like, what, are you, what are you talking about? Crash to the dashboard. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I would have done. Uh, Next episode is probably going to be recorded at TFCon. I don't know what it's going to be. But stay tuned for developments, ladies and gentlemen. That's all I really have for you right now. I've been lucky with the way these uh, um, convention podcasts have panned out. They keep landing on even episodes. Yeah, it's kind of just, <laughs> it's timing with like Aaron availability. Uh, so yeah, we'll, we'll sort something out. Um, there's also going to be a multi podcast. Uh, I think just a panel or multi. I don't know if it's if it's once or multiple. But uh, much like at TFCon Toronto, the podcast side of panels there is going to be something, especially in Chicago, it's organized by someone else, not me. Uh, I'm just taking part, but it's going to be multiple podcasts getting together to talk about the show uh, on the same uh, panel stage. And uh, I'm going to bring my lesson I learned from doing it at Toronto, which is don't have everyone sit in a horizontal pane across the table because then no one can see each other unless they're right next to each other. So we gotta we gotta dip the tables in a little bit. Make sure we have eye contact. But uh stay tuned for all that stuff. If you're coming out to TFCon Chicago, uh say hello if you see me, because I'll be there. Um and, uh, other than that, Seth, thanks for joining me. Uh sure. give you the full report about Chicago when we get back. Uh it'll probably be stuff like, hey, there were Transformers. It was alright. <laughs> Well, I'm hoping some of you guys go to three dots on a dash, especially guys who went the first time, because uh, I've been informed that there's been a change in in ownership, or or at least a change in like the the head bartender, and there may have been changes to the quality of things. It's three dashes and a dot now. Yeah, they flipped it. <laughs> they changed flipped all the stationery. Changed all the logos. Yeah, I don't know. Well, we'll see what happens. Um, the only thing that I have planned at all is I would like to order in a deep dish to the hotel again, because that was fun last time. Yeah, I made a bunch of money on that. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't make money. <laughs> yeah, Seth freaking cleaned up with that. He just $20 a slice. People were hungry. Yeah. Capitalism. <laughs> no, I think I came out like $3 ahead. <laughs> Damn, that's still pretty good for pizza. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, stay tuned for all that stuff. Uh, until then, we'll talk to you later. Uh, take it easy. Get me, but you got some badass perpetrators, and they're here to stay.